0: Each episode of Education with an Edge is meant to create, cultivate, and inspire honest discussion about issues affecting youth. Hosted by author, artist, educator, advocate, and speaker Jaquel Lane.
1: Hello and welcome. I am Jaquel Lane, your hostess of Education with an Edge, the podcast dedicated to youth and suicide prevention as well as anti-bullying because we believe that every child matters and you should too. I am so very honored to have Dr. Markeisha Frost um, on the program with us today. Uh, Dr. Markeisha Frost is an ambitious and creative woman, wife and mother. She is originally from Omaha, Nebraska, though currently resides in middle Georgia where she serves as a higher education professional, professor and certified life coach and wellness counselor. Markeisha received her undergraduate and first master's degree from the University of Nebraska at Omaha, and thereafter relocated to Southern California to pursue and complete her doctoral degree in educational administration. After graduating with her PhD in 2018, Dr. Frost held several leadership roles across the Claremont Colleges before relocating to Middle Georgia, where she's worked as a professor and entrepreneur. She owns and manages the nonprofit organization Queens Do Things, Inc., a community organization focused on highlighting the voices, experiences, and needs of women and girls of color. The organization has become known for its annual academic and entrepreneurial scholarship, monthly girl chats, and its recently launched mentorship program. Markeisha is dedicated to creating spaces of hope, healing, happiness, and holistic wellness. She believes self-improvement should be a priority for all people at all stations in life and recently launched Markeisha & Co., a coaching, counseling, and consulting collective for the betterment of others. The focus of M&Co. is to empower the successful development of those in need of support to successfully navigate life, transitions, and relationships. Through Markeisha & Co., she offers one-to-one group and organizational coaching, counseling, and consulting. Her desire through this platform is to create opportunities for people to access the services meant to help them create and navigate the lives they ultimately want to lead. Marquisha has received several awards and honors for her leadership, mentorship, and service to others. She is a member of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated, the American Education Research Association, the Association for the Study of Higher Education, and the National Association for Student Personnel Administrators. When she's not serving others via Queens Do Things, Inc., Marquisha and Co., or in the classroom, Dr. Frost enjoys reading, shopping, scrapbooking, and making time with family. She and her husband, Dell share three children, Makai, Miles, and Delaney. You can support the work that she's doing and learn more about the services that she provides by visiting her online at www.markishaandco.com or by following her socials at The doc is In on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok and Twitter. So I am just so amazed if there was one person that like encapsulates everything that education with an edge is about, it's you. So thank you so much for being with us here today. Thank
0: you. Thank you so much. I'm so glad to be here. I'm a fan of your work.
1: (laughs) Well, I'm a fan, a huge fan of your work, Dr. Frost. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And obviously just such a testament to uh, like the myriad of success that you have. Um, I think it's really essential to start from the to understand your remarkable story fully. So can you tell us a little bit about your upbringing and childhood? Oh, yeah. So um,
0: I reflect often, actually, um, in thinking about my childhood and growing up. I'm I'm a Nebraska native, so it feels good to be home um, and to be in this space where um, there are just no shortage of memories. Um, I'm the middle child of three, uh, born to two extremely loving and, um, supportive parents and growing up, there was never lack, but I do remember the time when I started to recognize, um, the number of things that we went without. So I didn't feel lack. I didn't feel like I was growing up without, but you know, when you become an adult and you're starting to do things on your own and you have questions for your parents about, well, how do we do this? And well, how do we do that? And well, mom, when you did this, did that mean this, you know? And When I started to ask those questions, I realized, like, man, we were poor. It was like a light bulb went off. I had never felt it. Um, But my mom never – she never let on that that was the case. I mean, she worked really hard, and it always seemed like there was an abundance. And so – it was a bit of a shocker, actually, to find out that, you know, we had grown up at, at the lower end of the socioeconomic um, pole. And when I found that out, it really helped, I think, for me to set a perspective of um, something that I wanted to provide to my children in growing up, and that was we were allowed to be children we were allowed to uh, you know, learn, grow, make mistakes, and in, in, in a space of grace and abundance. And so when I think about my childhood, those are the things that while um, socioeconomically, it wouldn't appear that we had an abundance of anything, the love, the support, the grace that's needed to really grow and to evolve into the best versions of ourselves, I think was ever present. I'm super grateful um, to my parents, particularly my mom for that. And then The other thing about my childhood that I think is always at the forefront of all that I do is just my dad's sort of emphasis on excellence. So he um, was not in the military. His father was though, and I think of my father as militant in terms of his outlook and expectation as far as education was concerned. And so people would always ask, why education? You know, what would make you want to get a PhD? I mean, I was in school from pre-K all the way through PhD without a break, and I really thought, I I love school. You know, I don't know that I um, had an option as far as doing well, but my love for school came organically. Uh, My father taught history and went on to teach at the collegiate level, and I loved everything about it. I would create, you know, schools in the summer. I would turn our garage into a classroom. I would put mailers about, you know, summer school in the mailboxes of our neighbors. And I have always learned um, by doing. And so creating that space for other people has just been my life's joy. And as I've grown, I found other ways to do that. But ultimately, I think all that I'm connected to um, is directly or indirectly connected to how I was raised. Absolutely.
1: That's such a beautiful story. And honestly, in reading, I mean, obviously, you have a myriad of accolades, but the heart of what you do is a service heart, like you have a servant heart. And so, um, and I think that that obviously would be evident from the way that you were raised and and your parents and things, because um, yeah, everything, uh, you know, from your resume is really about serving others.
0: It is, it is. And I watch my mom, even now I come back home and I look at her and she's always doing for other people. And I know for her, it's it's not about what makes her feel good or, um, you know, how someone else might um, reverence or regard her. I mean, really for her, it's about this is what I think is right. Yes, I think it's right to show up for other people. I think it's right to serve people in whatever way you can, how you can and when you can. And I've watched her model that accidentally or intentionally um, over the last 30 years. And so it's, it's really something I think for me that I, I really do feel a responsibility to, um, to to help to create space for other people and to um, make sure that they're showing up well in those spaces. I think is the ultimate gift that the services I provide to other people um, offers. And so, yeah, it truly is. It truly is service. And while I would have never described it that way, I think that's a perfect way to think of it. So, very much. Yes, thank you for that.
1: <laughs> well, you deserve it. You do. You just have like such a servant heart, and um, and obviously our a lifelong learner. And so um, that's yes. so important too. Yes. Like, to set that example. Thank you. Um, who was a mentor in your life growing up and how did they inspire you?
0: Yes, I think when I think of mentorship, I do think of the relationships that sort of started organically and really sort of morphed into um, what I would describe as mentorship of just constant learning and growing with the intentional um, sort of emphasis on the growing part. And so for me, I think initially, um, I think of my mom as a mentor. When I was a young girl, I think everything that I thought I wanted to be um, she was. She was kind, she was graceful, she was stylish, she was hardworking. Um, she led what I would what I would call an active life. So to see her engaged in spaces outside of our home and outside of her work and showing up for other people, um, I really think she she mentored me in, in the art of relationship building because she was so um, intentional, I think, about building relationships and maintaining relationships with other people. She's uh, by no way the matriarch of our family, but I do think of her as the lead in terms of, you know, the person who would get everyone together or mm-hmm. keep everyone together. Um, and what I have found, though, in, in terms of wellness is she's sometimes done that at her own expense. Yeah. And so in mentorship particularly, I had to find other people that then could help me to to shape some of these other parts of who it was I was hoping to become that maybe I did not see, you know, in my household or in my mom. And by way of doing that, it's it's so interesting. At about 12 years old, I met Ricky Smith. And about that same time, I met Madeline Fennell. And Madeline Fennell was my sixth grade teacher. Ricky Smith was the the director of the Youth and Trio program. And at that time, I think that was probably uh, one of the the most pivotal years of my life was that that sixth grade year in summer. Um, Maddie had taught my brother. I was I was uh very much aware of what her expectations were, for me in her classroom and otherwise. And she really upheld that standard of excellence. I know that you're smart, but we are going to push and challenge you in some other ways. And she really helped me identify who I wanted to show up as professionally. As a woman, she was outspoken. She was kind. She was gentle. And she just had a multifaceted approach to reaching other people. And that was something I thought, that's what I want to be. Yeah, I want to emulate that. I'm already bossy. Um, I think I can take
1: on You mean you have good leadership (laughs) skills.
0: I have very good leadership (laughs) skills and that needed that needed to be formed. That's why I needed a Maddie because before I was I was um rough around the edges. And um she really helped me, I think, hone in on that skill and that art of leadership. And here are the ways that you can leverage that and bring other people in versus excluding them. And that was, I think, the perfect time for me to learn that. And then I met Ricky by way of summer program. Um low-income, at-risk sort of youth summer program. And he told me, and I'll never forget, he said, you're going to be somebody one day. And it's different from the somebody you already are. And he said, and I'm going to help you get there. And I thought to myself, okay, great. But how? I had so many questions and he always brings that up. You you always ask them, you ask more questions than any other kid I had ever met. And he and I have just sort of maintained that relationship in that I know when I have a question, I can go to Rick. I know when I have need of support or direction or guidance, I can lean on him. And that was something even at, as, at a, as a 12 year old in a summer program, I really appreciate it. But even more so as an adult, um, you know, I just talked to him yesterday. I'm like, I need help. I need some professional advice. I need to figure out how to navigate the situation and those were the two people, I think, very early on that provided that for me. I think now when I think about my life and I think about leadership and motherhood and um, being the wife that I that I want to be to my husband and uh, the professional that I want to be, Jackie Lindbergh without fail um, and without any reservation has been a mentor and also a sponsor for me and showing up in spaces that I'm not even in. And bringing my name into these rooms and really sort of reaffirming every chance that she gets that there's nothing that I can't do. I think it's important to hear that and remember that, um, especially as a woman yes. in, in in male-dominated spaces, but also um, when you are a working woman and, and really trying to determine okay, is this the right professional move? Am I considering all of the things that I need to be considering? Is this more about me or about my children? And and that fine line between prioritizing self and being selfish, she's mastered that, I think. Um, And she's just provided so much comfort for me in that area. And so without a doubt, I think my mentorship is long. Those are the four people I think that are constantly sort of pouring into
1: me in that area though. And I think without them, my life would look extremely different. I think that that's such a beautiful story, but also such a testament to how important mentorship is. Absolutely. And seeking out those relationships. And I think a lot of young people, um, it gets phenomenal getting involved with youth programs, but also, you know, seeking out those those relationships because Absolutely. everyone needs needs people that are on their side. Yes. Um, because it, life is can be challenging to it navigate. To navigate. It can be. And I think... You know, these are the people, when I was thinking
0: about building the mentorship program for Queens Do Things, it was with these people in mind. And really, you know, our training is, is you know, and it, it's really representative, I think, of all of the things that I have received from other people. Um, their level of consistency, um, their, their transparency, um, and people who are just not afraid to lift you up, even if that means that you surpass them um or things that they've achieved and they want to see you in these spaces and they are rooting for you, whether that means you're in a space that includes them or not. And I think that is so hard to come by. Um, the more and more I elevate, the more and more appreciative I am of these people that are um, I think just beacons of light for me and, and trusted sources of support in a way that I would not have otherwise received. Um but by being connected to them, I feel fortunate enough to, to live in a space that includes them and in, and includes all that they offer me on a regular basis.
1: Absolutely. And it's given you so much more um, love and light that you pour into other people. Absolutely, And and so we thank you for that, too. Yes, so it's thank you. Such a cyclical effect in a, in a positive way. Yes, thank yeah. you. Um, so you are highly motivated to support others in every facet of their lives in their health, their wellness, their business, and their spirituality. So can you tell us where that passion began?
0: Yes, you know what, I think one of the most significant relationships in my life is that that I share with my sister. And I have attempted to emulate that relationship, I think in its purest form is just one of my life's I, biggest blessings. I mean, I have a hard time articulating it, but much of what I have tried to provide to other people is really fueled by um, my relationship with her and all that I all that I have achieved because of it directly. And and in addition to that, is purpose. And so I think purpose drives so much of what I'm connected to. I've gotten to a place where. If it misaligns with my purpose, I cannot be connected to it. And for a really long time, that was hard for me to decipher. It was hard for me to, um, you know, make the decision to make cuts or to, to say, you know, oh, this doesn't really feel like it's in alignment, but I've been doing it for such a long time that I'm just going to continue with it. So that that comfort for me. Um, and so I realized that when you're chasing purpose and when you are in alignment for what God has for your life, Um, at some point there is going to be a disconnect between what's comfortable um, and what's required to sort of get to this places and, and the things that he has for you. And so, purpose drives all of what I'm connected to right now. It feels really good to say that because no, it's not comfortable and it's not easy. Um, but I've been intentional about stepping up to that challenge because I have reaped the benefits of it. And so um, I'm continuing with it and, and all of its discomfort and all of um, its difficulty. Um, and I recognize, too, that it's, you know, it's uncomfortable and it's difficult when I'm when I may be connected to the very things that do not serve my purpose, and so that, for me, has really fueled um, this wellness in the way that I've shaped it through Marquisha & Co., but also the sort of service-oriented services that I provide by way of Queens Do Things. And all of it feels very much connected to the things that um, God wants for me. And in, in it also, in some ways, I think of them all as passion projects, but I feel most on fire and I feel most at use. And I feel most qualified when I'm functioning in those spaces. And that for me is very telling, um, that I am in my lane and I am functioning in a space that was created for me and in utilizing a skill set that he's ordained for me. And it feels very different than when I'm stepping into spaces that maybe are not, um, made for me, you know, there's a distinction. And so a lot of what I'm doing right now, um, and the services that I'm providing to other people are very, you know, intentional for me as a person, but very much, I think, aligned to the purpose that um, I believe God has for my life.
1: Absolutely. And I think what I love about everything that you're involved in, too, is that you're giving, you really are giving a roadmap to to women, to youth, about, you know, this is what, I, these are the experiences that I've had, and, yes. and this is what you can do, you know, if you... Kind of listen to someone that's gone before you, and we're here to literally hold your hand and lead you. Because I think that's another thing too. Um Oftentimes, people are just afraid to ask. Yes, for advice. Oh goodness, yes, <laughs> yes. And so this just opens up such a beautiful platform um for which to do that.
0: Yes, and it can be hard. You know, I don't. I I I recognize that. You know, it can be scary sometimes reaching out to people and saying, I need help with this because it requires you to be vulnerable. Vulnerable. Yes. And it requires you to say, I don't know the answer, you know, and we don't know what we don't know. And so that's another way I think mentorship has really lended itself. But for me, I think I've navigated um, college, the professional atmosphere, the spaces in which I occupy at the same time that I was becoming a mom. Yeah. And so my son, um, I have three children, but my first son was really one of my greatest teachers. And if there's anything that children teach you is they don't have shame Mm-mm. around communicating what it is that they need or what it is that they want or asking for help, you know, they may tell you, I don't want help and then you know, and in the next breath, I need help, you know, mommy, come help. And so he really for me was the greatest teacher and like this is how you need to lean into, life into all of these things that you don't know. And I'm constantly learning from him. I'm constantly learning from all of my children. And I I recognize that I needed to, you know, in, in the work that I'm doing, I'm asking people to be vulnerable with me, I have to likewise, you know, be vulnerable and find ways to reciprocate that and invite them into a space that says, you know, not only are you welcome here, but I'm going to dwell with you in this yes. discomfort and I'm going to help you to navigate it because either, I, you know, I'm navigating it myself or I have or, or I want to see you navigate it successfully. And I think that allows me to empathize in a way that is powerful um, and meaningful. And And that's really what I'm into. I'm into powerful and meaningful connections and um, helping people to develop connections
1: of their own in that way. Which is so so very important because we you. all yeah. need that. We I all agree need that human connection, you know, and that understanding and that space um, that allows us to be vulnerable Absolutely. and ask those questions, those hard questions that we don't know the answers to yet. Yes. Right? So, um, so you are just an extraordinarily busy, busy, busy <laughs> woman. I'm so, which is phenomenal. And, um, but you know, we talked about obviously the element of that. There has to be some self care and things of that nature that incorporated into like a balanced life. Absolutely, and you do it so well. <laughs> so we want to know you, <laughs> you do. Yeah. What are some of your favorite ways to incorporate like a balanced life into your daily routine? Do you use mindfulness? Do you meditate? What's kind of your health, your well being routine?
0: Yeah, you know what I I was talking to a client of mine about balance and wellness um, Saturday and. Part of what I was explaining to her is that there isn't, for me, at least there isn't one way to do it. And, uh, you know, what balance has looked like for me has shifted. You know, when life has required me to be, um, you know, a dean and a professor and a mom and a wife and a sister and a daughter, that balance has looked very, very different when I'm just focused on teaching and raising my children. And that looks very, very different when I'm going, you know, head over heels into entrepreneurship and, and serving others in the way that I am now, and so when I think about balance, I really think of it on a on a spectrum, if you will. And I think about you know the you know you, the the balance that I feel you know I have achieved is really um, connected to what is required of me in the moment, and then identifying what it is that I need. Right. So here's what other people need from me. What is it that I need from myself? And you know, for the most part, right now, balance for me is you know putting my phone on do not disturb. Um, it's saying, no, it's, it's not agreeing to things that, you know, I don't want to do those things that I have choice about is, you know, not, not whether or not I'm going to, you know, change a diaper or show up on zoom to teach a class, not those things. But, you know, if, you know, someone invites me to dinner, if it's really not company that I enjoy, no, you know, I don't want to do it. Thank you so much for thinking of me. But I think we have to be kind to ourselves in those ways and listen to our body and really yield to our intuition. That for me is balance Um, and feeling confident enough to do that without providing uh, not an excuse, but even an explanation to other people. Um, I read something, I think on Instagram and it was like, no is a complete sentence. And it is. It took me way too long to to recognize that. But I don't have to provide an explanation for why I'm not showing up for other people especially when I'm showing up for myself, I don't have to explain that. And um, part of that balance for me is then connecting to people who allow me to do that. I think that is so critical to make, to maintaining balance and maintaining wellness is not just what you're connected to, but who you're connected to. And so if you are connected to people who, you know, don't respect boundaries and who don't appreciate you when you're present Um, and who require more of you than you're willing to give. I think that those are red flags that, you know, maybe it's time to disconnect or to reevaluate that relationship and to reassert those boundaries and to say, you know, you can either respect them um, or completely disconnect at which point, you know, you leave the decision to them. But I think I'm, I'm very clear about what I have to offer other people. And I could only be clear um, in, in doing that by way of being clear of what I can offer to myself and, to saving pieces of myself for me. You know, there are very few people who experience me wholly, and that's intentional, um, because it would be exhausting. It would be exhausting to, to give everyone, you know, the same amount of access to me, or the same amount, you know, I think that those boundaries are important, and I think it's important to have, you know, something left to give after serving the world, and after serving purpose. I think it's important to have you know, something to give to myself. I think it's important to have something to give to my children and something to give to my husband. I think that those are very sacred relationships. And, you know, if I, if I end the day and I'm too tired to pray, I think that's very telling for me that, you know, I've, I've given too much and not in the places that maybe I should. And so balance for me is just constantly reevaluating those connections and constantly reevaluating capacity for myself and thinking about, you know, what? what is going out, what is coming in um, and really, really, you know, being intentional about identifying the ways in which I'm reciprocating energy and and where it's going and when it's going to those places. I think it's important to really just be in tune with self. So balance for me, while it is on a spectrum, I think the way in which I navigate it has become somewhat of a ritual um, and it's served me really well, I think, over the last few years Um, in particular. And so it, it changes, it shifts, but it's, it's one of those things that I think you have to really lean in and be in tune with self to really identify and know what you need in that moment. And then your balance should directly align with that.
1: And I, I so appreciate your authenticity and your vulnerability in talking with us because I think that we all struggle with balance. Oh, yes. (laughs) 100%. And I think that, um, you know, this is a podcast that's dedicated to youth. I think, Sometimes the the perception out there, especially through social media or some of these, is that, like, if you're not doing 50 million different things oh, in your yes. head, you know, and it, like, um, that you're, you are not valuable or that what you're bringing to the table isn't valuable. And yes. I, I think you make some really excellent points about setting boundaries, being intentional about relationships, being good to yourself. Yes. Because not to use the analogy about, you know, the air mask on the plane, but if you (laughs) don't, if you don't take care of yourself first, you know, you're not going to be able to give your love and your light to the world and your gifts to other people. And I think that women definitely fall prey to this, um, you know, typically, and um, have been expected to also in our society. Um, And so now, just once again, setting those boundaries and being intentional, um, yes. you know, about your objectives and your and your goals that you have personally and professionally, it's such excellent advice yes. that you gave. Such excellent advice. Thank you for all of us. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, self included. <laughs> uh, self included. Um, you know, since this podcast is dedicated to youth and mental health awareness, um, we are going through you know an exceptionally trying time right now. Um, in our country, in our world, um, what what would you say to encourage a young person in today's society struggling with mental health issues?
0: You know, there are two things that I try to stress um, to those that I mentor anytime I'm in front of a group of youth, um, because I think they have made just a world of difference for me. And the first is you are enough. I think so many mental health issues for for younger people stem from, this idea or feeling of inadequacy and I know that that stems I mean that research has shown that it, all, all of that directly correlates yes with social media and these unrealistic beauty standards and the expectations that either um, adults or society or the, the adults in society put on young people um, and there's just such a, a Push to be like other people. And so I always try to stress you are enough. You are perfectly, you are wonderfully made. And there will come a time where you will align yourself with people in places that appreciate you in your most authentic form. You know, and if you change yourself every time that someone asks you to be or act differently, then you really run the risk of losing the you that the world needs. Right. And so I think one, you are enough to help is available. I think, I, I think about my teenage years and how naive I was to feel like, well, it's only me. I'm the only person going through this. I'm the, oh, my life is just so, you know, the, the times that I get down on myself and even now in adulthood find myself, you know, on the not so good days thinking that, well, this is just so difficult and this is just not fair. And this, I'm the only person with this type of challenge. And I know that research and experience tell me that that's not true. Um, But we can find ourselves in those spaces sometimes. And so I always try to tell youth, you know, pick up the phone and not to get on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, but but to talk to someone who you love and trust and someone who love and trusts you or someone that you feel can provide a space for you to just vent and not judge you or to just release and not, you know, and, and not to be afraid to do that. Sometimes it's not another person. Sometimes it's a thing. For me, it was journaling. You know, there weren't a lot of people I could get on the phone and call during my teenage years that really could have provided me some sound advice or, you know, what I was looking for or even be for me what I think I am for those that I mentor today. But my journal was that safe place. Yes. And so much of what I was able to release there, when I look back and read it now, it's oftentimes laughable. There's sometimes I'll sit with it and I cry. You know, I hope yeah. my children never feel that way. But I think it's important for younger people to know there's so much happening around the world. Um, it always seems like there's a race to, to be or to do a certain thing. And I think what they should know is right now in this moment, wherever you are, whoever you are, you are enough in your most authentic form. And there's always help available. And there truly is. I mean, there's a, a number of numbers that you could call, but even in thinking about our, our small networks and the people that surround us, there's there's so much that um, awaits. You know, you you making that call or um, you
1: know reaching out.
0: So that's that's what I would offer.
1: No, that's and that's excellent advice. And I think too, sometimes young people, real or perceived, like you said, and I felt this way too growing up, and I've seen that really exhibited in my students. But yes, the feeling of isolation or that I'm the only one that's going through this. Yes. And so being mindful about, you know, whether it's a school counselor, whether it's a, a teacher or, yes. as you, said, or, you know, a pastor or someone that you can trust, Absolutely. Um, a mentor that you can go to is so very um, important because we know that not everyone has, um, you know, necessarily stable um, home lives Absolutely. and relationships. Yes. Um and I know that you were so blessed in that area, but you know, there's there's some that aren't, and yes. so knowing those safe people um, and being able to reach out to them, yes, is so important.
0: Yes, and recognizing even the people I know for me, like even recognizing the people that you know you surround yourself with, sometimes they don't have the capacity to show up for you in the way that you would want them to. Right? You know, there were times my mom was working three jobs, and so not that she didn't care about what was happening, right? She was, she was busy trying to put food on the table or to provide or to make ends meet. And so I also recognize that for a number of children growing up and, you know, those that I mentor, you know, I stress to them sometimes, it's not always that people don't want to be there for you. Sometimes it's that they can't, right? I think capacity is, is an under, um, it's an underestimated, I think, or, or um, part of, of life and about concepts when we're thinking about people or we're thinking about what they have to offer and likewise what we have to offer others, I think capacity is a big part of that. And so um, the power of prayer, even for me, you know, if, if for youth that believe that for me is is, is sort of my go to or my default safe space and that I know other people won't always be available. Um, you know, help is out there. Is that the kind of help that I want or need in this moment? And a lot of that sometimes is identifying, you know, what we need. And then that requires us to know what we need. And sometimes we don't. And so there there are all of these things that I think, you know, a, a young people in particular may sometimes get discouraged yes. and think, well, school is out. So I don't have that. I don't have access to that counselor or that teacher that I really appreciated talking to. Um, and like you said, home is not always, um, you know, is not always the this, this safe place that many of us associate, um, home or, or think of home as. And so I know that for a number of people that it, it requires them to be a bit more creative in who they're re- reaching out to and a bit more resourceful. And so even, you know, to that extent, I think prayer and, and seeking opportunities to connect with other people outside of the home are, are important too. Absolutely.
1: Such, such phenomenal advice. And I'm such a big, I'm so such a big fan of everything that you're doing. Um, I love, I love, love people with a servant heart that are willing to give of their time and their energy and their talent. And you certainly are doing that every single day. Yes. It's 10 times over. I'm trying, (laughs) I'm certainly trying to do my part. No, that it's just, it's beautiful. Um, so with that, what are some of your Goals. We're not too far into the year, but what are what are some of your goals this upcoming year?
0: Some of the things that
1: you'd like to accomplish. I mean, you've already accomplished so much, but
0: I have so many. I I feel like I have a a running list of things to accomplish, and um, that has changed exponentially. By way of me giving birth to a daughter a few weeks ago. Um congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. She's just caused me to reevaluate life in its entirety. Um, and so I think about, you know, where I was at the start of this year. Um, and we led a vision boarding, Queens Do Things led a vision boarding girl chat in which I outlined goals for myself this year, and all of in all of them I think were very much tied to and what I feel was in alignment with where I was in that moment. Um and at that time, I didn't know what I was having. I didn't know what to expect. And so she's required me to be um, an even greater version of myself in that I'm thinking more so about goals in, internally. And so at the beginning of this year, much of what I wanted to accomplish was external. It was, you know, it was um, uh, set a financial goal of savings for myself. And I've achieved that. It was um to challenge myself professionally. And I've achieved that. Um, it was to, um, I don't know, I, th- I think i i put something else on there about, um, showing up in spaces authentically and mm-hmm. not, not playing small. Um, and now thinking more so internally, I'm thinking about the things that we've sort of discussed today, you know, capacity, yeah. being present, um, honest communication. I yeah. tend to not tell people what's on my mind. Um, and even for her, she's not talking, you know, she asleep most of the day, but even for her, like wanting to be an honest communicator and wanting to show up in spaces that um, would lend myself to be a strong example for her of, of what's possible. And um, you know, just again, the most authentic version of myself and that I'm not hiding pieces of myself to satisfy other people's ego. Mm -hmm. that became, I mean, it's, it's important to me, but yeah, but I recognize in some spaces I'm okay with that Mm -hmm. because I'm like, Oh, that doesn't bother me. I'll just do it. But I recognize that, you know, for her, I think it's important to model that at a young age and to um, challenge myself in these ways so that I can help her to navigate similar spaces um, and and hopefully some, some unfamiliar spaces that she will, I'm sure, exceed all that I've accomplished. And again, just wanting to be, you know, um, good on the inside yeah. so that that then exudes, um, and it's exemplified by way of the way that I, you know, connect with other people and treat other people, um, wanting to be kinder to myself and more selfish with myself instead of giving so much of myself away. Right. I think the best way for me to serve other people is to serve myself. So I show up well in these spaces and, you know, I'm not connecting to or agreeing to things that are not good for me. Um, and to be a healthier version of myself, I'm young and, um, full transparency. I have not visited a gym in quite some time. And so I thought, you know, I want to, I want to model for her what real balance can look like and what it requires. And it requires us to get up every day and to sometimes, you know, be at the gym at 5 AM and to eat well and to, and to, and to really start to think about, you know, how what we're eating today is going to impact our tomorrow. And I want to be around, you know, for her and for her brothers. And so um, I think the, the, the remaining um, what's left of this year, God willing, for me is really about internal growth and really about, you know, stepping into the power that I feel I hold as a person and as a woman and as a mom in all of these spaces. But first within myself. Um, and, and really growing confident in, in who I am and where I feel I'm being called to, to lead and to be. And so, um, there are those things. One, one thing at the top of that list is stillness. I'm practicing stillness. It's not easy for me. Um, similar to what you said earlier is that I, have you know, success has been tied to productivity for so long for me. Um, and in my most recent professional experience, I've been allowed to sort of disconnect the two. And it's just created a wealth of freedom for me in a way that I want to maintain. And so uh, stillness is, I think, the, the priority goal for this year. It's something that I'm leaning into and it's at the forefront of my mind each day. You know, in what ways can I be still? In what ways can I be quiet and really yield to to what is happening around me without talking about it? Um, and without meddling in it, I think sometimes we, we can mess up the things that are, are are happening around us and for us and to us by way of trying to fix them. And so I'm yielding to stillness. I think that's my goal over the next, what do we have, six and a half or so months remaining for this year, I'm really challenging myself in, in that area.
1: Well, I cannot, I, I mean, Absolutely. I agree with everything that you said, because <laughs> those are some of my goals, too. Yes, I'm trying. Um, but thank you, I mean, just for, for showing up, honestly, every day, because we know, and showing up for yourself, but showing up for others. Yes. And um, really, as I've said again, just such a servant heart, but also everything that you've been in been able to implement and and put into action is for the betterment of others, and for that I applaud you. Yes, because we thank need you more, so much. We need more people like you, Dr. <laughs> <Thank> Frost, you. <laughs> um, in our world. We do, we do, and um, just such such a testament um, to all of us. Thank so thank you, thank you. It's my pleasure. Um, I did want to uh, quick want to inform our viewers where can they follow you your journey on social media I did mention a little bit at the beginning when I introduced you but um where can our viewers you know follow your journey on social media website all that good stuff
0: yeah so I'm I'm on Instagram Facebook TikTok and Twitter. Um, at the doc is in. Yeah, I think that's so cute. Thank you. <laughs> I've uh, took me a while to come up with that, and I'm still getting used to using TikTok. But I, I am on those platforms. Um, likewise, my website uh, www.marquishaandco.com dot and likewise on queensdothings.com. So, to those who are wanting to connect or find out, you know, more information about this work and and a continuation of all that I'm connected to, can find it in those spaces.
1: Well, we are, honestly, I'm just so honored to have you here today. Thank Likewise. you. Likewise,
0: thank you for creating space for <laughs> well, all of absolutely. us. Absolutely.
1: <laughs> well, I hope. Well, I, I want to have you back on the show. Oh, I'd love I mean, to. I'd love that. that. <laughs> yes, I welcome. I welcome the opportunity to do that at any point. <laughs> um, I do want to give a quick shout out um, to our sponsors, BetterHelp.com. Um, they are helping millions of individuals um, all over the country with um, their mental health needs. Um, that is betterhelp.com. And then I'd also like to give a shout out, um, to the Nebraska foundation for suicide prevention. Thank you so very much for, um, your advocacy in this space and, and what you're doing to assist all of us, um, in understanding how we can support, um, our youth better, um, and how we can support each other, um, in in our mental health awareness and um, and suicide prevention. And um I just also want to say thank you to our viewers for turning in today and thank you yes. to Dr. Marquisha Frost. Thank you. It's my Looking pleasure. forward to um, many more phenomenal things to come from you and and thank you for your friendship as well. So likewise, um, thank you. Yes and um this is Jacquel Lane once again signing off on education with an edge. If you're a young person, remember we need your love, we need your light. Um, and so keep fighting, reach out for help. There's also a great, um, resource at the Boys Town, um, suicide prevention hotline as well. So thank you and, um, have a great day. Bye-bye. If you have a question or just want
0: to learn more, go to jackelllane.com. Thanks for listening to
1: Education with an Edge. Ahura Media Production.